So with that said, I uh, hope that everyone settles in tonight as we begin to enter into the Sabbath hour. I ask that uh, you would just praise God wherever you are, uh, in your home, your living room, wherever you might be. Let's just get our praise on. But with that said, I'd like for us to enter into our time of prayer. And in our time of prayer this evening, uh, we're going to focus, I'm going to focus on, on two main uh, uh, prayers. And that is uh, for our world leaders and then also for the leadership in the United States. And so I, I invite you to bow your heads as we enter into a time of prayer. Lord, we thank you for your goodness, your mercy, and your grace. We thank you that you've allowed us to virtually come together. But even though we're virtually coming together, we know that in spirit, we are in one place. We are in your presence. We are in uh, your hands, Lord. So we ask that you would just be with us, that you would lead us and guide us, that you would bless the ministry that is going on, the ministry in our Hispanic uh, meetings and, and our youth meetings and here in the adult meetings. We thank you for what you have done with our youth in Vacation Bible School. And so, Lord, we ask tonight as we collectively pray, we pray for the world of leaders in, in times like these, when, when we see that there's so, so much turmoil going on and, 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 and uh, there are so many demonstrations for, for justice, people that have been uh, walked upon, people that have been uh, neglected and, and misused, Lord. The, the world is tired. They're tired, sick and tired uh, of, of inequity. So, Lord, I ask that you would bless our world leaders. Give them the uh, ability to understand, the ability to empathize, and the ability uh, to drive and make change, not promise change, not promise hope, but make change. Be the one to stand up and make a difference. Lord, we pray for our leaders in the United States of America. We ask that you would lead and guide, that you would open their hearts and their minds, that you would allow them to galvanize around this moment so that we can make uh, the significant changes uh, that are, are necessary for your word to be preached and for the kingdom to come. We ask, Lord, that you would bless us hear us and answer all of our prayers, not because we are worthy, but because we ask it in the worthy name of your son, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, tonight, I'd like to invite you to, the, uh, to, to listen to our special music from the Lifehouse Indonesian Church in Denver, Colorado. And our guest uh, speaker or singer will be Grace Rumambi. Grace Rumambi of the Lifehouse Indonesian Church. And now you 
Sister Grace tonight from Lifehouse Indonesian Church up there in Denver, Colorado for reminding us uh, to keep, let's keep our eyes, just keep your eyes on Jesus. Oh man, that was a good, good word and song. Sister Grace, thank you so much. Uh, everybody, you know what time it is. Come on, y'all know what time it is. Uh, and you know what I'm going to say? I'm going to say praise the Lord, everybody all over Central States Conference. And our, uh, and our friends who have joined us from other conferences around this uh, country. And uh, I, I've got word that we've got people watching us also outside of the U.S. Uh, and we thank God for you. Uh, again, uh, we, we, we ought to praise the Lord that we have made it to the end of another week. We ought to praise the Lord that uh, he has kept us. Uh, we've got food on our tables. Some of y'all know you got food on your table right now. Come on, say amen. Don't lie. Uh, some of you got food on your table right now, and you, you're you waiting to, to get a good word from, from Pastor Lola Johnston, uh, and, and you're going to be eating while you worship, and that's all right. 
uh, because God is good. Somebody ought to turn to your neighbor right where you are and let them know God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. Of course, you know what time it is tonight. Uh, and I, I, and I'm, I'm, I'm a cheerful person. I'm a cheerful person in general. Uh, and I got a little scripture for you. So don't get nervous. Don't get nervous. Uh, there's a little scripture. Here's what the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 7. The Bible says, so let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Here it is right here. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. Come on, say it with me. God loves a cheerful giver. I don't know what he does with the uncheerful or, 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 or whatever the, that the negative word is for, for that. But the Bible says that God loves a cheerful giver. So I get excited when I have the opportunity to give. The little song says, if you're happy and you know it, come on, y'all, clap your hands, right? If you're happy and you know it, stomp your feet, right? If you're happy and you know it, reach down into your pockets. Uh, those same hands that you were clapping with or reach over to your phone. Come on, you know you got that smartphone. Uh, and I'm going to give you four ways that you can give tonight. Four ways that you can give. Many of you know that, that we have a, uh, an online giving uh, uh, portion in our, on our website, www.central-faith.org. You can give there. Uh, some of you can't do it while you're, while you're um while you're watching on that same smartphone uh, service. So if you need to write it down, uh, write it down. Or you can go to the AdventistGiving.org or download that Adventist Giving app and just look for Central State Conference Church. Or you can download the CS Conference app. I don't know how many of you know this, but but I, I think that we're the, the only conference, or for sure I know that we're the first conference to actually have its own app. Uh, you can see all of the things that we do here at Central State. You can find all of our worship services. Uh, but in our app, we also have a place for you to give on the CS Conference app. Or for some of you who like the whole new cash app world that we're living in, uh, you can give to dollar sign CSC3301. Why? Because God loves a cheerful giver. But I got a fifth one for you. Uh, one of our pastors, Pastor Allison, dropped in a fifth way for you to give. For those of you who may not be techno savvy, uh, you can pull out your checkbook. Come on. Some of us haven't written a check in a long time, but but some of you still write checks. Uh, and, and God loves those who give with checks as well. Uh, and so you can just write Central States Conference on that check uh, and then write camp meeting uh, in the memo section. Just write camp meeting uh, and then your local treasurers uh, when they pick up the tithe and the offering uh, during the month of June, they'll go ahead and, and pick that check up uh, as well. Uh, but, but you know, remember, remember that song that we used to sing all the time. You can't beat God's giving no matter how hard you try. And we want to thank you. We want to thank you all uh, for the various ways that you have given already. And for those who are giving tonight for the first time, because God loves himself some cheerful Givers, if this is your first night giving, that's all right. We want to thank you for, for, for your giving as well. Uh, and what we're going to do at this time, we're going to pause and we're going to bless the offerings that have been given, uh, that they will continue to further the advancement of the gospel. As someone said, the, 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 the buildings might be closed, but church is still open. Come on, say amen. Uh, we are uh, 
all of our pastors have been doing ministry uh, during this time, during this pandemic, during this quarantine and stay-at-home time. Uh, and we praise God for that. Let's bow our heads uh, as we bless what God has given. Father God, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I just want to pray first of all uh, that you would bless the givers, uh, those who could give and those who didn't have uh, the opportunity to give. Lord, I pray that you would bless them because, Lord, even at a time like this, when we could be stingy with our funds, even at a time like this, when some uh, may be going through transitions on jobs and the money might not always be uh, be, 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 be where it used to be. And uh, Lord, we, we were living through uh, some tough times in earth history, but Lord, I praise you tonight uh, for the few faithful givers that are still out here in the Central States Conference territory. Lord, I pray uh, that they will remain faithful to you, not to us, but to you uh, as they give. And Lord, we pray that you will bless the funds that have been received. Lord, I pray that we will be good stewards of those funds, Lord, and those funds will go to the furtherance of the work, not just here in Central States Conference, Lord, but around the world uh, as, as, as we share what we have. Uh, Lord, bless us tonight, we pray. Bless the givers, bless the offering. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Let all God's children say amen uh, and amen. We will go, we're going to continue at this time with our introduction to the speaker. God bless you. I want to thank you so much, Pastor Josiah, for that powerful offertory this after, this evening. We're so glad, everybody, that you have joined us for our Central States Conference Camp Meeting, our first virtual camp meeting, and I hope that it has been a blessing to you. It has been a blessing to me, and while I can't believe that we're on night number six already, and this thing is getting ready to come to an end. And so you know that our theme has been craving the heart of God. And just in a little review, you remember that on Sunday night, we started out in our own area right here in Central Area, and Pastor Kimberly Bolgen gave us a powerful word about keep on fighting even when you feel deceived. We were blessed by that word, a powerful word on the book of Jeremiah that tied into the issues that we are dealing with right now. And then we came back on Monday night and we heard from Pastor Marcus Laravo, the, the lead pastor at Allen Chapel Church um, in Lincoln, Nebraska. And he gave us a powerful word about why Seventh-day Adventist Christians should protest and march. And uh, we found out why we should as Seventh-day Adventists and then Christians, a powerful word. Then on Tuesday night, we went out to Minnesota, Minneapolis, where um, this all that broke loose in the first place with uh, the death of George Floyd, uh, our own Pastor Jonathan Fields, the pastor of the Ebenezer Seventh-day Adventist Church, gave us a powerful word and he talked to us about a faith that is not tested, is a faith that cannot be trusted. And we found out that the just shall live by faith. And then on Wednesday night, the midweek time, our, our midweek manner, we went out to Denver, Colorado, where Pastor Kelby McCotry, the lead pastor of the Denver Park Hill Seventh-day Adventist Church, gave us a word that sometimes to take a stand for justice, you have to take a knee. Boy, he worked that thing really well and tied in that analogy of football. It was such a blessing. 
And then last night, we were back in Eastern Territory in St. Louis with Pastor Trevor Barnes, who is the lead pastor of the Northside Seventh-day Adventist Church. And he talked to us from the book of Matthew, chapter 2, about King Herod and the wise men. And one of the things that he taught us was your worship requires a sacrifice. So what type of sacrifice are we willing to make? Well, tonight, I'm going to tell you, we just keep going higher and higher and higher. And tonight is going to be a powerful night, a great night. And we are so glad to have with us Pastor Lola Moore Johnston. I'm so excited. Pastor Johnston, thank you for being with us tonight. It's good to be here. Good evening, Dr. Ackner. <laughs> How you feeling? I'm doing very well, thank you. How are you? Oh, I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm surviving in this season of, of the coronavirus and the pandemic and pandemic of racism, all that's going on. I'm, I'm still yet holding on. Mm -hmm. Yes, um, indeed. Yeah. So, so tonight we want to make this an interactive experience. We always try to make our speak, my speakers very, very real. And so we just want to get to know you a little bit. We won't draw it out too long, but a couple questions for us. Uh, so I want to ask you tonight, uh, Pastor Lola, will you tell us just a little bit about yourself? Uh, where you pastor, if you're married, how long you've been married, what's going on in your personal life? Sure. Well, as Doc has said, my name is Lola Moore Johnston. I am the pastor of the Woodbridge Seventh-day Adventist Church in Northern Virginia. I'm a part of the Potomac Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. I have been their pastor for two and a half years now, um, 10 years in ministry total, and God has been blessing all the way. He has also blessed me to be married. My husband, Keith, and I have been married for three and a half years now. And we are just thanking God that he continues to grow us and keep us on the journey. I am so thoroughly in love with God and um, really thoroughly blessed to be able to proclaim his word to his people, um, both as a pastor and as a recording artist and conference convener. So I have just been thrilled to travel across the world telling people that Jesus saves, that Jesus loves us, and he's coming back again. Amen. Amen. I feel that excitement coming through. I think those that are watching the broadcast, you feel it tonight. We just know that something great is coming. Um, so some rapid fire questions for you now. I want you to tell us what your favorite song is, what your favorite scripture is, and what's your favorite thing to do during uh, this quarantine time? Oh, man. My favorite song right now is a song by Anthony Brown called This Week. It said, this week will be a week for miracles. Okay. So I've been playing that on repeat the last couple of weeks because, man, I believe that a miracle is on the way. My favorite scripture is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20. Who uh, We talk about God who is able to do exceeding abundantly more than we could ever ask for or think according to the power that works in us. And right now, I have been enjoying connecting with a group of women who I've been training to learn their purpose. And so I've been a purpose coach during the quarantine, and that has been pretty fun. Pretty, pretty good for me. All right. All right. Sounds exciting. So um, I, I know that you have been doing a Bloom Conference. In fact, my wife, Nordia, is a big fan. She's been watching from night to night. So tell us a little bit about that Bloom Conference and how God has been using you to change the lives of others through your conference. Oh, well, I bless God. And hello, Miss Nordia. Nice to meet you through uh, social media. Uh, well, I was 
uh, three years ago, blessed to host and found the Bloom Conference. And we used to hold it in Huntsville, Alabama. Upon moving here in Virginia, we had, we had attempted to have a conference in May in uh, Maryland. But of course, with the quarantine and pandemic situation, we were unable to do something um, that was physical. And so what God did was he pushed me out of my comfort zone. And through watching a couple of other friends who are doing things, you might've seen the quarantine revival, which is going amazingly well. Um, God gave me a picture that I could do something virtual as well. And so he blessed me by God's grace to be able to hold a virtual woman's conference called Bloom. We called it Bloom Everywhere. It was a transformational virtual online conference. And by God's grace, we had an average of 3,000 people watching every night as we talked about um, how to locate our purpose, how to unearth it if it's been buried and walk in. It was just um, an amazing experience and I'm still in the afterglow of it. Amen, amen. So that it was powerful. Yes, praise God. Amen. Amen. So last question. I want you to whet our appetites tonight and give us a little sneak preview, preview of the spiritual food that the Lord is going to use you to serve to us tonight. What is it? Oh, man. Well, I've been listening to these preachers throughout the week. And I know God has been doing a wonderful thing. And I've seen a strong uh, thread of social justice that has come through our messages for this week. And so God has given me a message from the book of Exodus called What to Do with Bitter Water. And um, I believe that God is going to have something more to say to add to the spiritual food you have already had this week. Amen. Amen. We're excited about it. And those of you that are watching us right now, we know that you are excited about it. Our virtual camp meeting is an interactive experience. And so whether you're watching on YouTube or you're watching on Facebook, we want to encourage you to interact with us now throughout the message. Put those amens, put those comments in, and let's enjoy the message together. And so the next voice that we're going to hear after our meditational song has been brought to us by going back to St. Louis to hear Sharice uh, Lewis will be that of Pastor Lola Moore Johnston. Hear the word of the Lord through his maidservant. God bless you.
come on, saints, somebody say, I will trust in God again. I will trust in God again. Isn't it beautiful to know that we serve a God who can be trusted? And even in our hardships, in our circumstances, our situations, I'm over here waving my hand saying, I will trust in God again. He is able to bring us out of any circumstance. And we say, what a mighty God we serve. Good evening, saints of the Central States Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. I am so honored and privileged to address you on this evening. I want to thank Elder Bernard, our president, as well as Elder Josiah, my good friend, our secretary for the uh, extended invitation. And um, I tell you, it's a debt of gratitude. I'm just really honored to be with you all here tonight. Um, and isn't it beautiful that God has allowed us, even in this time, to be able to reach across the miles and still come together where brothers and sisters are dwelling together in unity? And I am believing that God's promises are still true for us, that where two or three are gathered, even over the internet, that he is there with us. I believe that God is with us on tonight. Well, I don't want to belabor my time with you. I know that we're into the Sabbath hours and we want to spend time with our family. And so I'd like to share with you a thought that uh, comes from the book of Exodus. I'd like to begin my reading in Exodus chapter 15. And I'm looking at verse 19. I'll be reading down to verse 27 in the New Living Translation of the Bible. It reads this way. When Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and charioteers rushed into the sea, the Lord brought the water crashing down on them. But the people of Israel had walked through on dry land. Oh, come on in here, somebody. Then Miriam, the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a tambourine and led all the women in rhythm and dance. And Miriam sang this song. I will sing to the Lord for he has triumphed gloriously. He has thrown both horse and rider into the sea. What a song, what a song. But then we get to verse number 22. And it says, then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea. And they moved out into the sure desert. They traveled in this desert for three days without water. When they came to Mara, they finally found water. There was water in the desert, somebody. And as they rushed over there to try to figure out if this water was going to be good for them, the Bible says, but the people couldn't drink it because it was bitter. That's why the place was called Mara, which means bitter. Verse 24, then the people turned against Moses. What are we going to drink, they demanded. So Moses cried out to the Lord for help, and the Lord showed him a branch. Moses took the branch and threw it into the water. This made the water good to drink. It was there at Marah that the Lord laid before them the following conditions to test their faithfulness to him. If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and laws, then I will not make you suffer the diseases I sent on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. And verse 27 says, after leaving Marah, 
they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. They camped there beside the springs. Tonight, I want to speak with you from the subject, what to do with bitter water. What to do with bitter water. Let's pray. Father, as we open your word, we pray for your spirit here in our homes, at televisions and phones and computers. We are listening for a word from you in this perilous time. We really need one. And so we pray, speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. What to do with bitter water. I have to confess today that for a long time, I have had a skewed picture of this verse. These verses to me have shown me a paradox in experience for these people. The Bible lets us know clearly that after a very extensive experience that God has rescued his people out of the land of Egypt. They have been living there for a total of 430 years to include time where their, uh, their uh, forefather, um, Jacob, came with his sons as a result of, of, of Joseph's invitation. And they have made their, their place there because there is a famine in the land. But over generations, that uh, the, the group that came with jo Jacob and his brothers, have, oh, excuse me, and his sons have died, Jacob and all of his 11 sons, to include um, his son, uh, uh, who has been there and opened the door for him, his son, Joseph. And the Bible says there came a Pharaoh who did not know Joseph, who now believes that this group who has been blessed by God to be multiplied by hundreds and, 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 and given all kinds of land and cattle now deserve to be shackled in servitude. Can you see it? As the Bible says that these people begin to cry out to God for a deliverer and God sends one in the person Moses and Moses because of God's leadership has been escorted into Egypt and after 10 plagues and completely obliterating the land of Egypt God opens up the borders and his people walk through those borders unharmed and the Bible says that that is not the end of the story that he hardens Pharaoh's heart again. And having hardened Pharaoh's heart, Pharaoh decides that he's going to go in to pursue the children of Israel. And as a result of God hardening Pharaoh's heart and, and actually pushing him to do this, that Pharaoh and his people, Pharaoh, his chariots, his horses, his charioteers, all pursue Israel into an open sea. And while Israel walks through on dry ground, Pharaoh and his army are drowned. Can you see that these people who had been rescued out of Egypt and then rescued out of the sea, the Bible says that they walk through the sea onto dry ground and they are celebrating here. I see that this is a praise and worship service to be to be memorialized because one over 90 year old Miriam
Miriam, who is a prophetess, leads the women through the dry ground as they dance with tambourines and songs, talking about the deliverance of God. You see these people, over two million of them shouting and praising God for his wondrous, glorious victory and for the way that he's delivered them all. Can you see it? As they are celebrating the way that God finally made a way, he finally opened the door. He finally gave them freedom. They are finally now on their own. And then as they walk, the Bible says three days go by and they have not had water. I have to admit again that I've looked at this with a skewed vision because I thought that they ought to have still been grateful for being free, although they were without water. I thought that what they saw of Jesus, or excuse me, of God delivering the people out of Egypt should have been enough. I, I thought that, that seeing the hand of God move on their, on their behalf should have been enough. But then I saw a, a, a piece of research that, that I was able to get my hands on that let me know that while the human body can survive for three or four weeks without food, it can only survive for three to four days without water. That these people who I had judged before for their short-sightedness and for them being uh, uh, seemingly being ungrateful were actually in a perilous situation. And God showed me something as I looked at this text and, and tried to understand what was going on here, that it is impossible to focus on past progress when faced with present peril. When your life is in danger, when you may have minutes or seconds to live, it is impossible to focus on what all happened in the past. You, you don't have the mental capacity to, to maximize all of the things that have happened in your past. In that moment, the only thing that the human mind can, can conceive or grapple with is the fact that this situation, if it goes on as it is going, will kill me. I realized today, as I looked at this text on time and time and time and time again, reading it throughout my childhood and even my adulthood that I misjudged the people of Israel. I misjudged them because I did not factor in the, the reality that they were facing a situation that could kill them. And I think tonight, as we have been talking this week about how the church deals with matters of social justice, that perhaps our conversations have taken out the elements of our mortality. And, and perhaps the, the situation has been judged taking out the element that things, if they continue as they presently are, will ultimately end in the lives of thousands, maybe even millions being snuffed out. No, this is not a time to only focus on what has happened in the past. Something has to be done about the present because it is impossible to only focus on past progress when faced with present peril. The Bible says that these people have been in the desert for three days. They have been exhausted. They have been walking in hot areas. They are 
in a climate that they have not necessarily been in without uh, out, outside support. They are used to someone bringing them water. They are used to their food being provided. They are used to being able to sleep indoors at night, but here they are in a new situation and they are at the mercy of nature. And the Bible says after three days of being thirsty and not having water, that they find something they think they can drink. And the Bible says that when they go to drink it, they find that it is bitter. It is something that they cannot ingest. It is something that is poisonous and is harmful to them. And, and I asked myself some questions as I read this text. I tell you, I was, I was judging them because I'm thinking to myself, well, if you found water here, there would be water somewhere else just walk a little further and maybe you'll find some water that is that is okay but these people are on the verge of death from dehydration they need water now and so God started to talk to me and I think I'm going to talk to you about about what happens when people who are connected with God meet with bitter water what do we do with bitter water well the first thing that the children of Israel did was they stopped drinking it. Well, that might seem simple to you and I, but how many times have people been coerced into continuing into situations that are harmful, situations that are, are hurtful, situations that should not continue, but because we have in our Christianity believed that we should go along to get along, we continue to drink what is harmful to us. We continue to ingest what is hurtful to us until at some point we either become sick or so so weakened that we are no of no good or no use to anyone else. The children of Israel do not continue drinking what is poisonous to them. They stop drinking the water. And I think that the first thing that people of God need to do is to operate in common sense and not continue to push into scenarios that are hurting us. To refuse to continue in attitudes and behaviors that are harmful to us. When we find ourselves in a dangerous situation, not smiling and holding our hands and trying to go along, but removing ourselves from harmful situations. And how many of us today have found ourselves in mental issues and physical peril because we stayed in negative and hurtful situations too long? The Bible says that the children of Israel stopped drinking the water because they knew that it was bitter. Watch this. They didn't need someone to come behind them and tell them it was bitter. They could, with their own sense, discern that this water was poisonous, that if they continued to drink it, that it would not be good for them. And today, my brother, my sister, whoever is who is watching me and listening to me, I want to ask you something. Is there a situation in your life that you know is harmful to you, but you have lacked the courage or lacked the confidence to remove yourself. Today, I want to let you know that it is not unspiritual for you to back away from something that is harmful to you. It is not unspiritual for you to back away from something that is hurting you. No, no, no. It is common sense. And God has given us these senses in order for us to be able to detect danger. 
That is what our senses are for, to help us to make quick decisions about what it is that is good for us and what it is that is not. And so when it is apparent to us that what it is is harmful to us that we are engaging in, when we see that the relationship is toxic and the relationship is not going anywhere, when we see that what it is that we have been investing in is not a good investment, it is not faith to continue in that, we need to use faith to move away. To believe God, the same God who we think can keep us in it can also keep us if we move away from it. We have to trust that God loves us enough not to cause us to move into and continue into situations that are sick, things that make us sick, things that take away from us, things that are hurting us. No, no, no. It is God's will that we prosper and be in health as our souls prosper. The children of Israel, stop drinking the water. And I think that you and I have some situations that we need to ask God to show us that we need to, we need to stop drinking. Stop involving ourselves. Stop being a part of it. It is not good for us. Stop drinking the water. That's the first thing. They stopped drinking. They didn't let someone guilt them into taking another cup. Because the Lord has provided the water out here. And I said, no, 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 no. This is poison. I will not drink it any longer. Stop drinking the water. Number two, another thing I judged them about was that they registered their concern with Moses. They said something. And that's the second thing I want to bring to you. That when you find bitter water, you have to say something. Now realize here that the issue with the children of Israel is not that they said something, it is how they said it. Now watch this, Mara here, this water that they find, the, the word Mara is used to describe it because the word Mara means bitter. And watch this, the children of Israel respond to the bitter water with a bitter response. The water that was bitter, became a, a place to mirror the spirits of the people that were bitter. The issue was not that they registered their concern with Moses. It's not that they told Moses that this water was bitter. The issue is that they reflected the bitterness of the water in the bitterness of their response. Now, I want to tell you, saints of God, a lot of us have, have learned not to say anything because we believe that the only way to respond to a bitter situation is with a bitter response. And that's not true. See, what God does is God gives us seasoning for our words so that we can correctly articulate what it is that we are feeling and what it is that we are hearing without being bitter. See, see you can meet bitterness with sweetness. And that's what the, the fruit of the spirit is all about, right? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, faith, and temperance. See, see, that means that I don't have to reflect what's going on on the outside by how I respond from the inside. That what's inside of me doesn't have to be the same as what's out there. See, watch this. We have often believed that saying something was a sin, but it's not that you said something. It's how you say it. So let's talk about this. If we are being meet, met with brutality, we do not have to respond to brutality with brutality. 
We do not have to respond to murder with murder. We do not have to respond to being a profiled with profiling. No, we can respond and make our voices heard and articulate what it is that we feel and that it is not okay by using the fruit of the spirit speaking clearly to say this is not okay it is not something that should ever happen i am human i have rights i need to be treated as a child of god and you can say all of that without cursing somebody out can i say that in central state that that you don't have to curse somebody out because they've cursed you out that you don't have to speak and call somebody out of their name because that you have been called out of your name. No, that what it is that the power of God inside of us allows us to be able to respond with the power of God. And watch this, when we respond to the power of Satan or the power of bitterness with the power of God, we have a transformational power because our words begin to transform the situation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why God tells us that we're going we gonna to turn away wrath with a soft answer. Uh-huh. And that, that with our soft words, we can heat coals on other people's heads. See, somebody is listening to this tonight, and there has been somebody who has been pushing you to the edge because they want to see you get out of character. They want to prove that you're not the Christian that you say you are. They want to show that you are not who you say you are. And so they are waiting for you to go slap off and say everything, every curse word from A to Z and just go all the way off. But let me tell you, a true show of, of self-awareness uh, and self-control is being able to clearly, succinctly answer a person with a no, that's not going to work. No. I don't think so. No, I'm not going to be a part of that. In fact, let me excuse myself. When you start to respond to people in ways that show that you are self-controlled, in ways that show that you have dominion over yourself, then you put the other person on display. You show that there is a different spirit working in you than in them. But when we look at this text today, the people of Israel allowed the bitterness of the water to turn their responses bitter. And when you say something, when you speak against bitter water, when you identify it as it is, that this is not going to work, that this is harmful, this is an issue, you can speak in a way that, com that conveys and communicates what it is that you need, what it is that is wrong, what it is that needs to change without you becoming bitter yourself. But watch this. Can I, can I bring something else out of the passage tonight? God brought the people to the bitter water to expose the bitterness in them. Yeah, not every situation is the enemy coming in like a flood. Sometimes it's the Lord putting you in a safe place with a mirror in front of you so you can see how you actually look. So you can see what's actually going on inside. So you can see what your heart is really like. See, it's all good when people sing and it pays to serve Jesus and you waving your hands in church. And, you know, at the end, you have a good piece of pound cake and the people hug you and move on and nobody has stepped on your shoes and nobody scratched your car and nobody got on your nerves. But it's a whole nother thing when you, Sister Christian, you, Brother Saint, are, are in a situation where somebody bumps up against your tail like, when a little kid runs out in front of you in the middle of the street, when they're not looking, 
when somebody says something to you or your spouse and God forbid say something to your child that they should not, that is the moment where the, the, the real nature of our heart is revealed. That's when we see what's really going on inside. And I realize that God will allow certain bitter situations in us, in our scenario, in our space, so that we can really see what's going on inside. That there's a little more work that we need to get done. That there's a little ways that we need to go, brother, sister, you ain't the saint you think, but praise God, there's more saintlyhood that God is going to bring out of you after he exposes that bitterness on the inside. Somebody here is being exposed today. The person getting on your nerves is God's way of showing you what's really going on inside. God showed that, the, that it wasn't just the water that was bitter that day. The people were bitter. And that's going to lead us to number three, because the bitterness of the people caused them to give a one-dimensional response. See, they said something, which you should. You should articulate your needs. You should communicate what it is that needs to happen in order for you to be okay. But the one dimensional response leaves that, re, that, that articulation with people. So your, your boss has been causing you to work overtime, even though you said you're a Sabbath keeper, you've done all your hours and the boss has been irresponsible or has not recognized your need and has been pushing you up against the Sabbath all month. And now you have to communicate to that boss what it is that you need, right? But the beginning and end of that, of that conversation should not be with just your boss. The, the beginning and ending of that conversation should not just be with HR. There's someone else who we need to communicate with. So after we have said something to humanity, if we were not believers, then that would be okay, right? Because I said my piece. I let them know that, that if they keep on messing with my Sabbath, then, then I'm, I'm out of here. You know, if you, if you were just a non-believer, then that would be a, a response that's appropriate. But as a believer, there's someone else you need to communicate with. And so number three, I believe that when we meet with bitter water, that we need to seek the Lord. The Bible says that the people turned on Moses. Oh, they was about to have his head, y'all, because Moses brought them out here in this wilderness and he, they were in Egypt. They weren't bothering nobody. They were happy being slaves. And if Moses would have just left them alone and just left them in that, in that situation, then they wouldn't have been out here in this desert anymore. And they completely forgot about God. <laughs> That they have been crying to God for 400 years. They have been crying to God, asking God to deliver them. That they watched things happen that a human being could not be responsible for. As water turned to blood and gnats and frogs and boils on animals. And, and as you look at, at all kinds of hail that came down and, and the firstborn being killed and, and all of those things. There's no way that Moses was responsible for all of that. Watch this. If we are not careful, we will blame people for things that God is responsible for. 
We will believe that people have brought us to places where we know God has led us. So I want to say that the third thing that I believe the children of Israel should do in this scenario is seek God. Thank God for Moses, who when the people turned on him, he didn't meet fire with fire. He didn't turn bitter himself. Moses remembered who brought him out there. And the Bible says that Moses called on the Lord. And when he called on the Lord, the Lord gave a solution to the, to the issue. And, and it's a solution that doesn't make sense. Now, y'all tell me, I'm, I'm, I, I've never seen anything like this before. I've never been a part of it. But all I can do is believe what the Bible says. The Bible says that the Lord showed Moses a tree, a stick in some versions. And Moses took the stick and dropped it in the water. And because the stick was in the water, the water came sweet. Now, come on and hear somebody. Somebody tell me that does not make sense. Uh, that scientifically, there should have been some straining going on. There should have been a boiling of the water, right? Then the impurities would have been removed if they would have put, you know, put it over fire for a certain amount of time. They could boil out the impurities. Maybe if they had a certain type of filter, then they could have filtered out the bitterness. But the Bible says... God shows Moses a twig. Oh my goodness. Shows Moses a twig and, and Moses throws the twig in the water and, 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 and the water becomes sweet. Can I tell you why you need to ask God and talk to God about what it is that's going on with you? Because God can make a way out of no way. Oh, God can open a door where there is no door. Oh my goodness. Somebody in here knows that God can bring a solution out of stuff that does not make sense. That God can help you to meet bills and, 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 and meet your obligations without even using money. Can he do it? Hasn't God done something for you that just doesn't make sense? I mean, you, you look at what God did and you just have to laugh because when you add it all together, it's just a bunch of foolishness and mess. But because God orchestrated, because God was the one who started the thing off, because God was the one in the midst of it, then God makes things work that, that, that would not work with us. That if Moses had just picked up a stick and, and threw it in that water by himself, the water would have been bitter to this day. But because God orchestrated it, God brought something out of that situation that should not have worked. And I'm telling you that God, in your, in, in your situation, in the thing that you don't think could work, in the thing that you know cannot work, God can make it work for you because he's God. Can I just brag on him for a second and say that God was speaking to nothing and make it into something? That God is a God who can make things happen. That, I mean, oh my goodness, he can make things happen that don't make sense. He can call into darkness and say, let there be light. And without any sun, moon, or stars, he can make things start lighting up. Come on, light just come because he said it. And I am a living witness. I mean, the reason I'm sitting here today is because God made some things work that don't make sense. That God took me out of a place where I had never even seen a college graduate before and God allowed me to graduate from school that that the Lord brought me from a place where there were no female pastors and God called me to be a female pastor and gave me the resolve in my heart that no life no matter how long it took that I would be a female pastor that God found a place for me to work that God found a purpose in my life and I'm telling you if we had an opportunity to go all around the Central States Conference on tonight and just record the things that God has done that doesn't make sense come on do you have one of those 
those testimonies tonight? When you look at your health situation, your health profile, and the doctor said that it wasn't going to work, they didn't have another thing that they could do for you, it wasn't going to be no chemo, no radiation that could help you, but God, out of his mercy and his outstretched hand and his, his moved arm, that God healed you without even the help of the doctors. Come on, anybody in here have a child that you were trying to figure out and you didn't know what it is that you could say to this child to make the child act right, but somehow the Holy Spirit whispered in your child's ear, and now they doing okay their kids doing okay their marriage doing okay anybody in here know that we serve a god who can do things out of nothing that god can make things make sense that don't make sense and so this is the thing when you meet a bitter situation you can't go in that thing without god even in situations of injustice we can't just protest and not go and not go to god Come on, come on in here. Now, now I'm expecting, excuse me, y'all, I'm getting a little hot in here. I, I'm expecting the unbelievers to just meet force with force and to look at look down police officers and go in there by themselves and not consult anyone else. But we as the believers, where's the church? As we call down the angel armies to unseat racism and to unseat our uh, social injustice, where is it? That where the people are, when we pray around the, the police stations and ask God to remove every unclean spirit from the police force in our city, where is the church as we go and we lead a spiritual revival among the people and among law enforcement and among our judges and among those people sitting in county seats? Where is the people of God who bring the spiritual warfare in the human warfare? Where are the people of God? Yes. Injustice is wrong. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against demons, principalities, spiritual wickedness in high places. We wrestle not against flesh and blood and the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds. And so when we see bitter water, we got to go to God because people cannot make bitter water sweet people cannot end racism people cannot end police brutality oh we we can try we can try to put together reg uh, regulations that make people treat people humanely but somebody in their wickedness will find a way don't they we, 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 we can't end it by ourselves. We do stop participating in the things that are hurting us. And we do say something. Either we're going to say something through our protest and at the ballot, hopefully both places. But we also need to seek the Lord. We have a secret weapon, y'all. We have a secret weapon and God is more than happy to hear and aid us when we call. More than happy. When Moses cries out to the Lord, the Lord gives the solution and then he starts to talk to them and he gives them a word. He says that I am here and you are here. And the way that we stay in tandem is when you obey me. You stay in lockstep with me. If you keep my ordinances and my commandments, then I will not judge you in the same way I judge them. I will not judge you as I judge the Egyptians. Watch this. 
because there's some brokenness and there's some issues that have come down on our community, not because of racism or systemic illness or systemic uh, uh, oppression, but some of it has come because we have turned our backs on God. But what if we as a community turn back to God again? We seek God along with not participating in and cooperating with systems of an injustice. What if with us saying something at the ballot end and through the protest, we also seek God, then we can attack the issue on earth and from heaven. And by God's grace, maybe then we could finally end our lives see some sweet water. Y'all, I'm telling you, the Bible says that after this scenario, that God ushers the people to a place where there are 27 palms and several springs of water. It was a temporary situation, this Mara situation, so that God could reintroduce himself to a people who had been separated from him for some time. I wonder if COVID-19 and the recent outbreak of uh calls for systems to break down that are unjust. I wonder if part of that is a call to the church. A call to the church for us to reclaim our true identity as prophetic people, not just addressing the systems, but also crying out to God for the people so that God can change hearts so that God can change minds and that soon and very soon that his kingdom would come and his will would be done. Again, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds. There's somebody here that's watching on this evening who is sick of bitter water. I am too. And I want to suggest to you tonight that God has a solution because God cares about you. He cares that you have sweet water, that you are a part of systems that actually uh, help you to be the best person possible. God wants that for us. And God will, number one, help us to be able to say our peace when we need to say it to people in authority. But, but we have to seek God and walk him in there when we speak. God will help us to stop participating in behaviors and attitudes that, that are harmful to us. But we got to invite God in that process so we know what's really harmful and, and we know what, what really is for us. We, we, we need God in the process. And so tonight you have been frustrated, angry, on the verge of saying some things that are not Christian. I get you, I've been there too. I've been watching the television. I've been on social media. I've had to pull myself away because this stuff is not right. But the world needs us as the church to be like Moses and to cry out to God so that God will give us some solutions to this madness going on and that people's lives can be saved. You want to be a Moses tonight. You don't want to just look at the injustice in people in high places. You want to start looking to God and to employ God's power to start overturning things that are not right. I want to pray for you tonight. In fact, you may be a person who needs to dedicate your life to God. There is a, a line that I understand is here, a number that you can call or text 
to let somebody know that you want to make that decision. And we want to pray with you. We want to help you to seek God who is able to do exceeding abundantly more than we could ever ask for or think. We want you to uh, in the chat area of whatever device that you are watching on, whatever program you're watching on, be it YouTube or Facebook, we want you to write in the chat that you want to make that decision. We want to help you to move forward. And I want to pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, your people tonight have met with bitter water. There have been many advances that our people have made over the last maybe 60, 50 years. And um, some people have tried to make us believe that we ought to be grateful for those advances and to ignore the bitterness of systemic oppression. But Lord, we thank you that you don't muzzle people who are oppressed. No, you encourage us, oh God, number one, to stop drinking the bitter water. Number two, to say something, to speak our minds, to speak up. But then thirdly, Lord, in the place where many of us have kind of stopped short is seeking you. Lord, we seek you tonight because many in our nation are tired, parched, just like those people at the edge of that bitter water. We need, desperately we need, we need justice to roll down like a mighty rushing spring, Lord, please. Do something for our people. We ask God that you would show us, the church, solutions where we can be a part of the solution to help our people to actually drink sweet water in this land. And we pray that your kingdom would come soon, that your will would be done on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen, 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 preacher. We thank God for using Pastor Johnston tonight to bring us a word. Man, that word wasn't just for you guys out there. That was for me right here in my basement. Uh, she has reminded us that we ought to stop drinking that bitter water and we ought to speak up. But how can we do those things unless we are filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and we seek God uh, and we crave his heart? Uh, thank you so much for that word. And uh, for those of you out there that want to make that decision, that number popped up on that screen while she was praying. And I'm going to ask Jonathan to put it on the screen uh, one more time. If, if you want to break the cycle, because it's sometimes it's a cycle, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls out there, sometimes it's a cycle that needs to be broken. And we have people who will pray for you. We have pastors all over this conference. And even if you are outside of the Central States Conference territory. I'll find the pastor that's closest to you and uh, wherever you are, and, uh, and we'll find somebody close to you that can, that can reach out to you. So you can text, again, text that number, 913-214-2281. If you desire to give your heart to Christ, if you desire uh, to, to, to make that leap of faith, if you need to break that cycle of bitterness, uh, and now you understand that sometimes God is the one uh, that is leading you. And, and, and sometimes your bitter attitude uh, is, is, is what needs to be broken. But we praise God tonight, as Pastor Johnson has shared, that we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Come on, somebody. But against principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. So we can't fight 
those things uh, without the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. And so y'all just reach out wherever you are, just reach out uh, and we will make sure that we uh, connect with you and help you. That's why you are brothers. We have brothers and sisters in Christ. We help each other uh, to overcome together. We praise God again for that word. Well, uh, before we do our closing prayer uh, and let you go, we just want to remind everyone that's on the line tonight. If you are, if you are parents uh, on the line, we've got our last vacation Bible school Sabbath school time at nine a.m. 9 a.m. Uh, get your kids up. Come on. They don't have to go nowhere. You just got to get them up. Come on. Say amen. Uh, and, 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 and 9 a.m. Uh, that will be the last vacation Bible school time. Heroes, 9 a.m. Central. And then uh, at 11 o'clock, notice the Sabbath school time is for you. The Sabbath school time, if, 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 if you have local Sabbath schools that are going on, uh, your pastors have been encouraged to connect with you during that time. Uh, and then after your Sabbath school time, join us at 11 a.m. Uh, where Dr. James Doggett, pastor of the Patmos Chapel, Seventh-day Adventist Church, will, 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 will wrap up or, or, or all this fire, or maybe he'll take us on into glory. I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, but we're, we're, we're inviting you to, to be with us at 11 a.m. on tomorrow. Uh, then, uh, if you have people who need to call in, uh, they can call 425-436. I'm hearing something in my ear. I'm not sure what it is, but 425-436-6348. Is the number if you want someone to call in to the service, call 425 436 6344 and enter 214549 pound, and they can be a part of our worship experience. That's if you've got some friends who don't have the smart devices, uh, they can go ahead and do that. Uh, our Hispanics are still meeting, uh, and so tomorrow is their last night. Pastor Benjamin Carballo, uh, he's been with them all week long. Uh, and so if you've got some, some Spanish-speaking friends, we've got something for them. Uh, also on tomorrow, our youth service, we're going to close out with someone who is a Central States uh, family member. Uh, he's just on loan to Lake Region, but Dr. Abraham Henry uh, is going to be with the young people uh, on tomorrow. Our youth and our young adults, they've been having a great time. Pastor Polite was with them tonight, uh, and Dr. Henry is going to be with us tomorrow with our youth and our young adults. And then on tomorrow afternoon, don't miss this. Tomorrow afternoon, I have the privilege of hosting uh, this panel discussion on race and the justice system in America. And I wanna tell you tonight that we'll have some police officers on there. Uh, you can see on your screen, we've got uh, Dr. Golden from left to right, who is a professor of African-American studies out at Walla Walla. We've got Dr. Courtney Ray, who's a professional mental health uh, expert. We got Dr. Ty Douglas, who's at the University of Missouri, right here in Columbia, Missouri. We've got Claudia Allen, uh, who's working on her PhD. Uh, again, specialist in African-American studies and a, uh, a social justice activist. Uh, we've got Keith, uh, I'm sorry, we've got uh, Kevin Harrell, who is a judge here in Kansas City. And I'm holding out hope for my uh, friend who I've been talking to, Mayor Quinton Lucas from Kansas City, Missouri. 
Uh, I'm praying that he accepts. He said to put him in and he'll see what his schedule uh, allows. And then we've got a few police officers uh, who are slated to come, Robert O'Kelly, Ulrich Hunt, uh, and then four of our pastors uh, who will cover this program with prayer, uh, Pastor Kimberly Bulgin and Pastor Marcus Laravo and Pastor Bobby Waters. And, uh, and, 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 and so we, 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 we're going to be, uh, we're going to need your prayers tomorrow because we're going to jump into this thing uh, and we're not going to do it with flesh and blood. Come on. Uh, we're not going to answer all the questions just from a, 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 a carnal uh, and a human perspective, but we're going to seek the Lord tomorrow. Uh, and that's at four o'clock central time. Let's bow our heads, y'all, as we pray uh, and thank God for what he's done uh, and what he will do. Father God, in the name of Jesus, my Lord, my Lord, Lord, we thank you for the fire that, that Pastor Johnston brought tonight. We thank you for the reminder, oh Lord, that, that, that we should put our bitter attitudes aside, Lord, but we gotta keep it real, Lord. Uh, sometimes we don't want to. Sometimes we wanna be angry. We wanna stay mad. Uh, we're, we're angry at, at the justice system and we're angry with the police uh, departments that, that have been racially profiled in us for years. We're, 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 we're mad at the judicial system. We're just, Lord, we're just mad and angry, Lord. And sometimes we are bitter, but Lord, I pray that you will turn our bitterness, Lord, into sweet waters, oh God. Lord, I pray that as we call out uh, to you, Lord, and we seek your face and we turn from our own wicked ways, Lord, that you will hear from heaven. You will forgive our sins and you will heal our land. We thank you for the word tonight. Uh, and Lord, I pray, Lord, as we as as we as we break from this time together, uh, Lord, that we will reminisce and we will think about what we have heard and what we have seen. And Lord, I pray that we would not have just been hearers of the word and readers of the word and listeners to your word, but Lord, help us to be doers of your word. And Lord, I pray that you will give everyone a great night's rest, a great Sabbath evening, Friday, Sabbath evening, rest. And Lord, wake us up tomorrow morning uh, where we will hear yet another word from the Lord. Lord, I pray that you will dismiss us now with your riches blessing, Lord. And I want to uh, dismiss us with this word from Jude. Now unto him who we have heard about tonight, who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the before his presence uh, with exceeding joy to the only wise God, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Let the church of the living God said amen and amen. Amen. Well, thanks for joining us tonight, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, have a good night, and we will see you tomorrow morning at 11 a.m. Uh, with yet another word, a culminating word from Dr. James Doggett. Uh, have a good night. God bless you real good. Take care and goodbye. Your presence, humbly we come. Speak to us now, now that we're here. Here in your presence, we're waiting to hear from you. Now that we're here, here in your presence.